0: i think we've all heard that conversation you know um you know if you if you just didn't have that extra coffee every single day you could save x amount and if you put that x amount in the market you could create y but i tell you what i think we all like coffee i think we need to live our life i think that is just a stupid idea not having an extra coffee a day i don't think you can save your wealth to save your self to sort of financial freedom, you've got to think a little bit bigger than something along those lines. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggis, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, a code cracker, folks. We're going to dig into what it means to unplug from real estate. Yes, what happens when you build wealth? How do you control wealth? How do you consolidate debt? How do you end up financially free from this thing called real estate? What are the moving pieces of the puzzle we need to explore Welcome aboard if it's your first time tuning into the show. Remember, there's a few rules when it comes to the urban property investor. First rule, play me in double speed. I do not sound like a chipmunk. Second rule, all of the episodes and podcasts are actually lessons. So feel free to dart about if the idea of consolidating your real estate debt Does not sound of interest to you. i tell you what was not interesting to me my Saturday night. Yes, I took my missus out for a lovely dinner. We got drunk. We were having a really, really good time. And then after the dinner, my missus made me go to Aldi. Yes, Aldi supermarket. And I spent my Saturday night after my dinner basically walking the streets with shopping in Aldi bags. So, I tell you what, you know your life needs a correction when you're spending your Saturday in Aldi supermarket. And the reason I was in Aldi, by the way, is my wife is obsessed with Raffi the dog. Yes, Raffi the dog is now a social media influencer. Raffi has been getting like 5,000 views on his Instagram of him cruising down the street. So if you feel like tuning in to a dog, uh, Raffi Fuddy Duddy is actually the uh, Instagram site, Raffi Fuddy Duddy. And yes, Raffi is getting like 5,000 views. In fact, pet shops across the world are asking Raffi to now wear their clothing range. He is becoming a real hit in society so now i uh spend my saturdays going to aldi to buy chicken necks for raffi instead of i don't know what should i be doing doing something crazy going dancing having some fun uh sliding across a bar i don't know doing something more interesting than going to aldi on a saturday night after dinner hey we all transform through our life and there are life stages today i want to talk to you about not ending up in a drama field retirement how we can consolidate positively when it comes to building wealth and today's episode is inspired by a little article i read the other day uh it kicked off with the headline i'm 57 years of age i'm a nurse with no retirement savings and i want to retire in about seven years what do i do 57 years of age no retirement savings and looking to retire in seven years now as you can probably allude to there's a lot of problems in all of that that is just problematic The fact that a lot of people today are nearing that age where they're exhausted by going to work. They've got no energy left to do uh, the idea of wealth building, let alone work. And, of course, um, you know, for someone in that situation, the future is, is looking rather tough. And I think it's, you know... We are so lucky to live in the world we live in. Australia is is blessed with all sorts of opportunities and I think you know what I do see is a lot of people turning their back on the idea of being a capitalist in a capitalist society. And it's almost like there are reluctant capitalists which just don't get enough Capital into the market. They're reluctant. They leave the school system. They do not play the markets, whether it's the share market, the property market. And then you've got almost like socialist capitalists who don't actually believe in the system, don't necessarily want to become wealthy, but then they get themselves in a tricky situation where they're much older and they just do not have enough. And the system just turns on them it becomes very unequal for them to live inside a very expensive society and of course um i think the best way around that is to invest but also have some fun along the way you don't want to end up like me going to audi supermarkets on a saturday night uh you know the reality is the most people will retire around 67 so they'll work all the way to the end, if you like, and then spend another 10 to 15 years, um, you know, just chilling out, maybe going to Lake Weirdo. And, you know, I think the idea of investment is an interesting one because a lot of people will forgo happiness in some sort of dynamic today um, to create happiness into the future in other words they'll do something tough like you know not going out to have that extra meal saving some extra money i think we've all heard that conversation you know um you know if you if you just didn't have that extra coffee every single day you could save x amount and if you put that x amount in the market you could create y but i tell you what I think we all like coffee. I think we need to live our life. I think that is just a stupid idea, not having an extra coffee a day. I don't think you can save your wealth to fi- save yourself to sort of financial freedom. You've got to think a little bit bigger than something along those lines. And I think we have to start enjoying life now because nothing is guaranteed. You don't know how long you're going to live for. So it's an interesting situation. We've got to balance our world. We're going to live for today, but also make some action happen for tomorrow. And I think the best way to do that is getting in the asset market, real estate, the share market Um, are the two of the best dividending marketplaces that you can think of. Do I think Australian real estate is finished forever? No, I don't. I think there is structural changes to come further down the track. Do I think Australian real estate today is, uh, you know, priced up there? Well, yeah, of course it is. I think we've seen, you know, a really good uh, property market transformation over the last couple of years do I still think there's bargains out there to be had? I think there are opportunities out there to find and there are still affordable and highly livable communities to build wealth within. But the reality is society is transforming. There is something like 26% of all women of working age in society that have less than hundred dollars in the bank Uh, Something like 17% of all men in society have less than $100 in the bank. Um, 30% of men feel like they are prepared for retirement. A small amount, only uh, one in three feel like they know what their retirement is looking like. Less for women, one in five, around 18% of women actually feel like they're financially prepared for retirement. And when we diagnose that, a lot of people are just not doing the grunt work and the groundwork to financially set themselves up so they re- can retire. And I'll tell you what, retiring at 67, which is the normal, does not sound good to me. I think we should be aiming for 57 rather like the nurse. I'm 57 years of age, a nurse with no retirement savings. We don't want to be that person. We want to be the person who's saying, I'm 57 years of age and I'm retiring today to do stuff I absolutely love. And I'm telling you, your center of influence will push you in all sorts of directions. And I think for most people in society, we are influenced by social media, by uh, the media, by uh, friends and family, by, you know, who we hang out with. And of course, I see this in my own peer group, the socialist capitalists, the reluctant capitalists. Um, And all I see is really society drifting apart from where they are in their life. So I think we need to absolutely invest and I still think real estate is one of the best investments. I think uh, some of the high debt levels that owner-occupiers take on does not sound fun, does not sound like a financial way to freedom. Uh, I think being a property investor where your rent from your tenant does the line share of the debt, uh, payment is much smarter. And, you know, when I look at my own journey, I started out as a rent investor. I've been probably the longest renter in the history of the rental market. Um, because I was an investor, I was a rent investor and it was only when I could afford my dream home that I swapped into, uh, home ownership. And, really uh, I think still to this day one of the best ways to get ahead in life is to use tenants money to buy assets and to use your job and tenants money. It's as simple as that build yourself up a big portfolio and then let it do its thing. Today a lot of people still struggling to pay bills uh, and for the most part a lot of people stuck on the treadmill, of no certainty, uh, no game plan, and really no plan around the foundations of wealth. Now, today's show is all about getting off this thing called real estate, but I think it's so crucial to just plant the seed. Unless we build something, we can't get off something. And, you know, the reality is when we look at the foundations of wealth building, it's goal setting, it's finance, it's timeframes. And it's about understanding when to get financially free from uh, really planning something which is absolutely awesome. And of course, uh, I teach the idea that you need a bit of a strategy. I've got seven plans I teach, I'll name them. I know you know them. I teach an accumulation plan, which is basically a capital growth plan. Uh, I teach a rental growth plan, how to create more cash flow from your assets. A debt reduction plan, how to end up debt free. A tax minimization plan, how to not pay as much tax as you should. Uh, I teach... A wealth accumulation plan by understanding once we've done buy and hold investments, we also need to branch out a bit further because to pay off a lot of debt, we may need to accelerate our wealth using equity to create more cash flow. We do that by investing in other things, the share market. We can do that by investing in super. We can do that by investing in consolidated options, like things like doing syndications. So there's a whole bunch of plans to go through. You need a a finance buying plan. Um, And as I alluded to, I teach seven critical plans so that people can Absolutely build wealth, but then withdraw from having so much risk in the market and live comfortably in a debt-free place. So today's show is really about the consolidation conversation. And I know a lot of my podcasts, if you like, are about acquisitions. I will touch on acquisitions, which is just the idea that you need an accumulation strategy to have enough wealth out there, uh, have enough assets in the marketplace to eventually sell down some and live off passive income. Now, in a capitalist country, you need to throw capital into the market and as I alluded to, a lot of people, because of how their influence, how they, uh, what they believe in the world, just never end up in a place where they've got enough capital out in the marketplace. Now, the mathematics are pretty simple. If you want $150,000 in retirement cash flow, you're going to need about $3 million worth of real estate paid off. Why wealthy people get wealthier is when you do have around $3 million worth of real estate, and for that real estate To make you another million dollars, it doesn't need to grow by 100%. It needs to grow by like 30%. And again, this is why we're seeing the wealthier uh, stretch out, the wealthier get wealthier, and people who are not on the escalator to success from assets just get left further and further behind. Because every time the market does an extra 10 or 15%, those people with assets, Start to climb uh, a bigger ladder. And obviously, real estate goes down as well. So, but it goes up more than it goes down. And it certainly goes up more than inflation. Inflation, you know, would not keep up with the inflation rate on what real estate has achieved over really the last couple of decades. So, acquisition, the accumulation, how do we get two, three, four million dollars worth of assets? Really, the only way to do that is to use other people's money, being tenants, um, find really good pieces of real estate, and recycle deposits. That's it. That's really the only formula or lever you can use. And the sooner we get through acquisitions, the faster we're in what would be known as consolidation. Acquisitions, again, is really just all about recycling money, deposits, um, how do we create deposits to buy real estate? How do we create deposits to, to fund more property? You can do it in your own name. You can do it in company trust structures. You can do it in superannuation. All of those vehicles allow you to buy real estate, but also allow you to create deposits. If you can't do it in your own name, you, you could look in to something like a superannuation fund to do it in. Uh, You can look at things like partnerships to create deposits. Um, Quite often through marriages, people create a partnership and have more deposit power to buy more real estate. Really, I've done a lot of podcasts on the idea of acquisitions. At the end of the day, we can only borrow what we can borrow. Like there is a limit to what financially we have the capacity To borrow within. Um, But I think a lot of people don't exhaust their financial capacities. A lot of people uh, will listen to the first bank that tells them no. Uh, And I'm here to tell you really to build enough assets to get into the marketplace, you probably need to stretch your thinking when it comes to what's possible. You need a good broker who can explain to you how to navigate uh, and asset build and you need a good strategist to help you do that because most people um, really go into a limiting belief mode when it comes to accumulating assets and it's easy to understand why because most people are so emotional about buying their one and only family home they can can't comprehend that you know you can actually buy your family home but also buy four or five other types of real estate. Now, understanding the idea of debt and how it's structured is really the key principle of acquiring assets. And as you guys know, I teach the five properties, five cities plan. I teach the forex growth plan, which is just simple, right? To end up in a place where we perhaps have around $3 million worth of real estate, it's very hard to go and buy a $3 million property But it's much easier to actually buy maybe four $750,000 properties because of the rents. And again, what that does is it puts you in a position where you've got the possibility of income coming in in retirement, but also when the market moves, it doesn't need to double for you to see financial success. It has to move far less And therefore, the volatility of your wealth is not trapped in one property performing and doubling in value. It's spread across a few properties uh, which need to move less to create the same result when it comes to wealth. Now, uh, obviously, I think the idea of, you know, building a portfolio is great. But we also need to consolidate that portfolio. Now, here's a little plug for a compadre of mine, an awesome uh, investor in her own right. In fact, we've both been on the cover of the same magazine on the same day, uh, back in the day when people read property investment magazines. Uh, Her name is Tabitha Bright, and she is a legend in real estate investing. And she runs a lot of the investment strategies for our clients inside our business, builds portfolios for them, coaches them through the dark times, the emotional stuff, and uh, has seen really so many people pop out the other side of property investing. So she's got a cool little podcast if you want to go and listen to it. It's called Property Investor Tales Stories. From the Front Yard. And of course, it's about the idea of people, real people who have done exactly what I am talking about, put themselves in a position where they've got multiple assets in the market, either building wealth or consolidating the wealth that they've built. So when it comes to the idea of consolidating wealth, today's show is about that. I know that's like a 20 minute introduction to get to the point of what today's show is about, consolidation. We've built the wealth, we've bought the properties, now what happens? Well, I think the first thing we need to understand is you cannot undercook this stuff. Uh, time is important and what I do see is people's life alignment is quite often misaligned with their assets and if we were to go back to the 57 year old nurse who's got seven years to retirement with no retirement savings there is a massive misalignment with where that human being sees themselves retiring in seven years to what is actually available to them. And I think with all property investors, we go through this kind of realisation that perhaps we are misaligned to where we are in life. And we can't undercook that because the biggest problem you buy with property investment is the problem of time, time to acquire assets, time for those assets to mature. Time for those assets to mature, and for you to consolidate those assets to live off them. And again, I think uh, you've got to you've got to just the sooner you start, the better. And I think you know, there is often, I guess, uh, you know, wise older people who coach much younger people, and you know, the biggest lesson I think everyone will tell you is they wish they started earlier because if you remove 10 years of your economic life uh it's it's not the end of the world but it could absolutely mean that you're getting out of uh, working longer sooner and again if you're 20 years of age listening to this podcast i would start investing I really would start investing because many of us start in our 30s, some people start in their 40s, some people even start in their 50s and really what they can achieve just diminishes generally speaking as a generalization the older people get. The older, the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be to create wealth because again if you're 45 years of age and you're getting into the market, your acquisition period has to be quick. You have to do what other people do in 10 years in three because you're running out of time. If you start at 30, your acquisition period could easily go for 10 years because you've just got more bandwidth of time before you need to duck out of this thing called real estate so i always like to teach the principle that at a bare minimum you want about five years to acquire assets then you need around 15 years for those assets to flourish so you're at 20 years already then that 21st year is really your first point where you can start to consolidate. So long-term investing is 21 plus years. So five years to acquire, 15 years to hold, 21, uh, your 21st year, your 21st birthday as a property investor is really the first point you can start to consolidate. Now, again, a lot of people will have a misalignment to that statement because uh, it's not, where they are in their life and that is cool when you get off the real estate roller coaster uh you know it could work out for you it also could easily see you haven't let assets mature long enough to get you the final result you're looking for but again i think you know the reality is as life unfolds things change we've got to be able to pivot Business is about pivoting. Real estate investment is about pivoting. Um, And even if 60% of the plan works out, I guarantee you it's better than uh, not having a plan at all. And I think the reality is for property investors, um, a lot of them do see the full results of their planning, but a lot of them also see a result of around 60% of their plan unfolding. And even at that level, it is highly successful. So, again, um, the first stage acquisition, the second stage consolidation, and then obviously we go into this lifestyle phase where we're living off what we've achieved throughout our working career of our life. I always like to break it down. You know, the first 30 years of your life, you're pretty confused. You don't really know who you are. Second 30 years, you've got this ultimate opportunity of earning as much money as you possibly can and making smart investment decisions. And then you've got this kind of final part of your life where everything you've achieved over the first 50 to 60 years comes back to, uh, you know, pay you in dividends. And, you know, I always say if you want an easy life, you know, work hard in the beginning, you'll have an easy life later. Uh, If you want a hard life, um, you know, muck around in the beginning and you'll uh, absolutely um, rather, I guess, like the nurse, the 57-year-old nurse, have a much harder life later in life. But the consolidation part is a big, confusing part of the puzzle, and there are some big questions to consider if you are unlocking your property investments to consolidate. Um, questions like how much money will you need for your retirement plan, um, and again, this this is very, very different for all sorts of people. You know, some people can live off. $50,000 a year in retirement. Some people need $300,000 a year in retirement. Um, how, long, how long are you likely to spend in retirement? Are you going to be going 30 years, 40 years? If you're stopping at 50 and you want to live to 90, you've got to create a plan which lasts you 40 years without work. And of course, you know, some people will um, also do some odd jobs just to you know, motivate themselves and and have a bit of a life even when they go into a retirement phase and do some more semi-retired stuff. Um, where's the money going to come from? This is a big question. Where? where? If it's a property investment thing, I understand it. If not, where does it come from? Uh, the share market, dividends, where does your money come from? I'll tell you right now why most people like real estate is because you get paid monthly. Um, your month, uh, well, you actually can even get paid weekly um, or fortnightly as many property management businesses offer mid-month um, calculations. And and to be brutally honest, um, you know, when I speak to much older people, they love real estate because the money comes uh, basically every fortnight to their bank account. Very different to, for example, share markets which might do quarterly or annual dividends. Uh, the real estate market when it comes to cash flow pays well, but it also pays very consistently. And of course, uh, most of us are kind of trained to see money come in every sort of two or three weeks, deal with that money and then hope it comes again. And that is that critical part of being almost like trained to have a job. Uh, Where are you going to live in retirement? I think a lot of people, um, again, have a misalignment of what that might even look like. And how many years before you retire? These are critical questions like, are you getting off the bus um, too early? Um, Are you getting off the bus when the market is perfect for you to get off the bus? Now, obviously, markets have a cycle. Um, At the bottom of the market, it is a lot harder to sell than when the market is at the top. And of course, it's almost counterintuitive to someone buying. It's much easier to buy at the bottom than it is to buy at the top of the property cycle. Um, To maximize your results as a seller, you want to get off the market when it's actually at a peak level of performance. And for a lot of my customers that have been going for 20 years now, I'm actually coaching them to get out this year because this year is a very, very good year to maximise the hard work you've done and consolidate your debt situation in what is really a seller's market. Does that mean that I can't still find a bargain or a good uh, property market place for people to buy? No, of course I can. Um, And there's still some great opportunities for people to make um, certainly uh I get a result from real estate over you know the the medium term and long term but for many people who've already done the hard yards um, do I think they should wait to there's a stagnation in the market maybe holding on for another two or three years? Uh, no I think they should take the money now and uh, use that money to to extinguish debt in their world. Now, real estate markets work off structural transformation. That's really the conversation of real wealth. If we look at how structurally real estate has evolved, uh, 1950s really was the first structure of, of what I would call an equitable market where really society wasn't about property investment. It was about a roof over people's head. And of course, a lot of that was the return servicemen coming back from World War II. You know, there was a big housing boom for them, but it wasn't about wealth building. Wealth building kind of started in the 70s when uh, we entered an era of double income families. And what that did to real estate was structurally change it. All of a sudden, uh, properties were subject to two incomes, not one. Prior to the 1970s, Women could not borrow money. Banks would not lend women money. Um, It was, you know, a very, very different era. Soon as women could be identified as borrowers, what that did was double the income of, um, of a family and all of a sudden property values doubled structural change. You saw the structural change in the 1990s when banks deregulated prior to the 1990s to buy real estate. You needed really a 30, sometimes 50% deposit to buy real estate. Structurally, bankings deregulated, people could borrow 95%. All of a sudden, more people could access the market than ever before because they had deposit power and structurally real estate ballooned in value. Then we had uh, the structural change of the mining boom, the John Howard era, if you like, capital gains tax restructuring, migration restructuring, skilled economics, skilled migrants, really the policy of, uh, became the policy of Australia. And of course, that mining boom, one and two, really made wages balloon so much in Australia that, you know, uh, earning, um, you know, a huge amount of money for a certain job became a thing. And again, structurally that made the real estate market transform and and it grew in value. Uh, Most recent structural change, of course, has been the pandemic. We saw the value of the cash rate plummet, money in the bank became worthless, and all of a sudden uh, many central banks around the world started to print money releasing trillions of dollars of stimulus into the economy and structurally that changed what assets were worth and of course we've seen this huge balloon in property values since then so it's a perfect time to consolidate structurally into the future for people buying now what next for them i think the next big structural shift will be of course the death of the baby boomer, um, who by around 2034 will be 80 years of age. And if we look at all the significant wealth creation uh, structural changes that have occurred, it's all occurred during their lifetime. And, of course, they are the uh, ultimate beneficiary of the real estate market when they fundamentally bought real estate for a can of Coke, which is now, um, you know, multi-million dollar Um, properties and of course that wealth has to be redistributed through obviously um, people in that generation leaving it to the next generation and I think structurally you're going to see probably the next major 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 you know big two three years of structural change will kick off around 2035 2034 2035 uh, with the death of the baby boomer between now and then markets are gonna grow more uh, normally and I think um, that is a good thing I think we want normal growth five six seven percent we want the odd year where it you know it goes backwards ten percent that is all normal. You can't just constantly have structural interference into the property marketplace. So there's a few things we need to understand when it comes to consolidation. Really there's two levers that are beyond anyone's control. One lever is inflation and the second lever is longevity. So inflation, of course, is, well, you know, if I'm aiming for $100,000 passive income in retirement, that's $2 million worth of real estate paid off. Will $100,000 buy you a can of Coke or will it actually lead to a comfortable lifestyle? No one really knows. Uh, Inflation is uh, a beast of its own accord. Um, But if we aim high enough, even if we come close, I think we're going to certainly outperform the pension, which is uh, a much lower than, for example, buying, you know, uh, two million to three million dollars worth of real estate and working out how to debt bust that. The other thing, obviously, we cannot, you know, uh, comprehend is how long we're going to live for. Some Japanese people live till they're like 140. Um, I've got a mate who um, is trying to live to, he's 120. He has a machine which he plugs into himself that um, gives him uh, some sort of, uh, I forget the word, like when you hug someone, what is that? Is that um, isotonin? Uh, you know, it's like that thing. It's like this chemical that... You know, have you ever heard the story of babies that never get hugged? They pass away because there's no no kind of connection. So he's got this machine that kind of hugs him, and he thinks that this hugging machine is going to help him live to 120. It may work. Who knows? But uh, one of the challenges, of course, of living to 120 is if you stop work at 50, well, there's another 70 years you've got to work out how to uh, accommodate paying for your life obviously we want to live as long as possible and have a really good fun time along the way again most people retire at 67 live to like 78 and you know did they have a really good time along the way i don't know but i think we need to i think we need to work out how to retire as soon as humanly possible i think we need to uh, also, if we're going to work to 67, make sure we're doing six, seven property uh, holidays a year and having a bloody good uh, good go at this thing called life. Um, making sure we're connected with the right people, right community, having a laugh. Um, we don't want to just end up, I don't know, watching TV and a bloody, uh, you know, on the couch every night for the next 60 years, do we? So... Um, if we are consolidating, there are a few conversations we need to have. all right. And I think one of the big conversations is really the last time from a loan structure point of view that you can perhaps refinance, restart a mortgage, enter into a new mortgage is around 58 years of age. Banks will tend to allow you to do business with them up until around 58 years of age. So what that ultimately means is if you have debt, you can restructure that debt, lower your cash flow, maybe amalgamate some debt, maybe extinguish some debt, but you really want to do it before you turn ultimately 60, where banks start to go, we're not dealing with this person. Um, And a lot of that stems out of the Royal Commission to lending. I mean, my dad was 70, uh, I think he was 70 years old, um, and he got a 30, uh, no, he was 80 years old, and he got a 30-year home loan. So he's going to be 110 when he paid it off. Um, That was how crazy the lending uh, world was, Prior to the Royal Commission, he always tells that story. I'll let him tell that. I should get him on one day. He can tell you all about real estate and the transformation of it from a um, tactical point of view. But yeah, he couldn't believe it. He went into the bank um, on a wing and a prayer, um, close to 80 years old, walked out with a 30 year home loan. It's going to be 110 when he pays it off. Um, so yeah. Obviously, those days are a little bit over. So, um, yeah, we need to understand that uh, 58 seems to be the magic number of consolidation as to how we consolidate to then go to lifestyle. And consolidation is just this kind of conversation that at some point we have to unlock all of the wealth that we've built. And there's only certain ways you can do this, and I've, uh, I'll have i highlight them to you. But along the way, consolidation techniques um, is really all about making sure that the day you pull the ripcord, that you're in the best financial position. So you've always got to consider whilst you own real estate, and acquiring is an interesting conversation because... The acquisition of real estate is just the day you own that real estate, then really you fall into the position of trying to work out how to consolidate your position. Um, So I think sometimes consolidation is a little bit of a tricky conversation because for me, when I buy real estate, I consolidate it the very next day. I start to use things like offsets. I start to use um, the idea of... Uh, interest-only loans for a certain period. Then I'll restart those loans. I'll uh, work out how to work my money much harder. And, of course, um, at some point where you feel like your loan-to-debt ratio is really, really good, you can consolidate debt. And one of the big, I guess, sins of buying real estate is to be cross-securitized when you're accumulating assets, but actually much later in life when you're consolidating, having debt consolidation can actually mean you're paying less to control debt. And of course, if you went to a big bank today and said, hey, I've got seven properties here, Um, they're all on different interest rates, what deal can you cut me if I bring them to you? I think you would be surprised. You would probably get yourself in a position where uh, if you're still financial, that you will get a very good consolidation interest rate so you can make extra payments, have offsets, and just turbo charge this thing called um, consolidating your position finding lower interest rates, making extra payments, all of that is how you consolidate. And I think, again, you've got to think about where you're at with your journey and how to get off this thing called uh, real estate. Now, um, some people will carry debt into their later life um, and I'll talk you through that. But also, um, for many people, that is you know, a real abhorrent thing to even consider. So again, if you're taking on a 30-year mortgage and you're, you know, 51 years of age, um, the question looms if that is your accumulation strategy and you're not going to sell that property then maybe you need to consider how to pay it off if you've got, for example, 10 years left of your working career. You're 51, you want to retire at 61, but you've got a 30-year mortgage. That doesn't necessarily make uh, mathematical sense. So you've got to, again, work through your consolidation roadmap. And this is why property investment is not just about buying Property. The buying property part is just one of the seven plans. And I think when it comes to buying the buying property part, what I've noticed when people go into consolidation, they may have five properties, and the ones they choose to keep tend to be the youngest properties young by age because of the contingent liability for people leaving the job market, entering the retirement market. And uh, when I analyze people's portfolios, which I've certainly helped build, uh, being a blend of both newer assets or more modern assets and much older assets – it's interesting when we get them to this consolidation place and we ask them which properties they want to keep it's always the more modern properties they tend to want to keep the reason being is the cash flow the cash flow of those assets just needs is better superior and it needs less contribution from them uh to prop up. And that is obviously just the age of the assets and obviously the less maintenance to keep those properties going. So when we get to this kind of place of consolidation, this exit strategy, if you like, uh, we've got to think about properties we're taking into retirement, loan structures that we're going to organize before we're 58. We need to consider how to be tax effective, what are some of the tax advantages of potentially selling real estate, putting more money in things like superannuation. There's a lot of considerations that need to unfold. And really, as I alluded to, acquisitions, uh, you know, is really about a five-year process. Consolidation takes about 15 years of maneuvering money and using offsets and debt busting and paying extra payments and recycling equity and uh, before you know it you need to end up in a position where you can consolidate now for me long-term investing is the only way to to consolidate with a full plan again people's life will misalign with a long-term investment plan of 21 plus years that's the way it is so then you need to pivot but what is probably Pretty critical is your LVR needs to be around sixty percent or less. Less is obviously better. Your loan to value ratio, in other words, if you're at sixty percent, you've got forty percent worth of wealth that you can sell down, and uh, you know, basically start to manoeuvre um, debt reduction. Um, the other thing is you want your yield, basically positive cash flow. And generally, to mathematically understand that, um, you need a yield around 3% higher than the cost of money. And uh, so today, if you are borrowing money at 3%, you would need about a 6% yield to be kind of positive cash flow. So you've got to double the interest rate to generally find positive cash flow uh, real estate. Now, the cool thing is um, when it comes to the consolidation process, you've got options and I'm going to talk you through the different options and obviously this is the pivot because there is no one person that each single plan is going to work for because we're all different. Some people will work to the day they die and they're more than happy to do that because they love what they do. Uh, Some people, again, have a misalignment of goals, have very little money but hate what they do so they want to stop what they're doing and they're happy to live a more frugal existence. Uh, Some people are going to, you know, be down the middle of those two extremes. So the first exit strategy you can really do to consolidate uh, is sell some properties and live off the profit. And or reinvest, and what I mean by that is, you sell some some uh, real estate which hopefully has gone up in value. You've got some profit in what that is. You either reinvest that money into something which is, you know, perhaps a little bit more dividend based, like the share market, or you reinvest it into potentially. Uh, even paying off debt on your other assets. So sell some properties, live off the profit. That's step one. You can do it that way. The second step is to never sell, never pay down debt, and to enter a position which is a little bit riskier, which is known as like a reverse mortgage. So basically what happens is you have equity, You have lots of equity and you just start spending that equity left, right and center. And The bank basically um, will take a fixed and floating charge over your asset and start to basically uh, own more of your asset back off you. So uh, you're paying, uh, you originally sort of maybe paid off some debt. Now you're undoing paying off that debt and you live off it. The day you sell your property or the day you perhaps pass away your property, fundamentally, you have no wealth left into it because you've used it all. High risk because, uh, again, you know, your uh, it would be nicer to keep that wealth and use the dividend of real estate instead of the equity of real estate. The third way to consolidate is sell all your properties that you own and create a cash investment plan. And again, um, what that looks like is instead of selling some of your properties and creating a cash investment plan, basically liquidate them all. You've got a bucket load of cash. You put that in less riskier assets than real estate. Uh, It could be the bonds market. It could be the bank um, where you're not going to get a return or it could be uh, things like more money into superannuation or even into uh, the um, uh, other alternative investments. What a lot of people will do is look for some fixed returns um, paid out uh, basically every month. And again, annuity becomes the big conversation later in life in consolidation. Um, The next one you can do, is sell some properties to pay down debt on other properties and for me this is this is the big one I think a lot of people leverage into real estate to own real estate out outright rather than ever paying down debt they use leverage to control debt and you know this is probably the one that I try and help people go for you know own five properties, so you can sell two and pay off three. That is the principle of really um, asset building. Uh, the next one: never sell, but pay down the debt as you go. And again, not such a bad one. I've certainly done it on a few properties, and the reason I've I've done that is I love the extra income, and I call this the one-two-three plan. So you got three properties, um, one. You know, it goes up extremely well. You sell it, you pay off the second property. The second property is now debt-free. It's producing an income, that extra income, call it 500 bucks a week, then goes on to the third property to pay off the debt in record time. Sell one, keep one to pay off another one. One, two, three, And uh, again, very good consolidation strategy, um, I think it's one of the best in the business because you do use other people's money to pay off debt, being of course your tenants. Uh, the next one, and and look, some of these are a bit of a double up because you know, at the end of the day, um, there's so many variabilities like sell some properties, sell all properties, uh, never sell properties. Um, these are all the options open to you as a consolidator. Uh, the next one, recycle wealth by selling real estate and transferring the proceeds into superannuation. Now there are some, uh, I guess tax benefits to people selling real estate and, um, you know, I'm not a superannuation expert, so go and see one. Um, I'm just here to tell you that, for example, there is downsizer bonuses where you can sell your principal place of residence and put um, some money into super. It's recycling wealth. It's not diminishing wealth. It's moving uh, wealth into a more tax-effective structure. Obviously, inside of super... You are not taxed like your personal tax rate. So it is far more tax effective. So the more money you have in super, um, the less money you need to produce because it is not as taxed as heavily. And of course, uh, a great financial advisor can explain to you some of the things you can do to get more money into super. Perhaps you haven't been paying the full contribution amount you uh, are entitled to so you could sell some properties and put some more of that contribution into a superannuation fund. So again, there's a puzzle there. I'm not going to explain how to solve that puzzle. I'm just highlighting that there is a puzzle there nonetheless that quite often a financial planner can help guide you through. Uh the next one: reset your mortgages to pay off debt faster and in a shorter period of time. Again, this goes back to that age of fifty-eight, where you know, really, uh, you you know, you can have a look. You go, well, you know what? Um, if I restructure a thirty-year loans, that means I technically am saving two thousand dollars a month. But if I use that $2,000 a month as an offset or an extra payment contribution and I change my monthly payment to weekly, I can actually debt bust that asset by, you know, 15 years. And quite often, I think inside the culture of property investment, we often think paying down debt is wasted money. It certainly can make you more money if you Don't pay down debt and you use that money wisely. But at the end of the day, a home loan has an interest uh, part and a principal part. The interest part is uh, really just one component. If you can lower that principal, sometimes it does absolutely turn a property which is negative cash flow to positive cash flow and then the rents start to kill the debt and By doing that, you just put yourself in a much more comfortable position um, to control debt even if you do not have a job. And of course, a lot of people will reset mortgages to control debt whilst they do not have a job. And a lot of people go into retirement with properties not paid off, but on a very low LVR they're because they're on a low LVR, the rents are so good that it's positive cash flow. It doesn't necessarily need to be completely paid off. And uh, I think this is one of the the conversations again. If you can lower your LVR, you uh, do not need to pay off the debt, the principal of the asset, if your LVR is anywhere from 40 to 60%. It's as simple as that. You are positive cash flow. So you can keep going. And of course, maybe that means that the income being produced isn't enough to fund your retirement. But it also may mean that you can go into a more semi-retirement place where you're enjoying, I don't know, being a barista at the local coffee shop instead of an investment banker i don't know it's probably less stressful and um, you know you may just enjoy the social engagement behind that so uh, the next one create a wealth acceleration plan and pay off debt faster and of course this is where I see a lot of my clients, they uh, have equity, but they can't buy another property, nor should they, because they've accumulated enough assets. They just need to accelerate how that equity is used. So they buy the equity at 3%, um, going into the share market or into, say, a development space inside of property, and they get 15%. Um, obviously making 12% in that example, they take that 12% and they pay off debt faster in their world. And again, a lot of people who lower their LVR and use uh, are able to, for example, take equity out but still remain on a low LVR versus also the income the property brings in. Uh, are quite often making sixty dollars to $80,000 uh, per annum from real estate by simply using equity. So what that ultimately is, is let's say um, you have uh, a property, it's worth, I'm going to use easy math, $1 million, but you only owe $100,000 on that property. The property rents for $1,000 a week. Um you take $300,000 out of that property. You're a little bit older, so you can't necessarily go out and buy another property, nor should you really uh, need to. You've already got wealth in your asset. So you speak to the bank, they lend you $300,000 as uh, uh, basically an overdraft, um, your now debt is $400,000, but your asset's worth a million. Your rents are $1,000 a week. Your rents more than cover the $400,000 outlay. You then take that $300,000 that you've got and you go and invest in uh, things like joint ventures, syndications, stock market, dividends, things like that. And of course, that might produce you $40,000, dollars $60,000 that year. And of course, that is an acceleration strategy, sometimes known as equity arbitrage. You take your equity and you simply find cash flow using it. And of course, the final consolidation logic is a combination of all of them. And I think, you know, the reality is uh, there is no one way for all of us to look at this puzzle called real estate but absolutely when it comes to exit strategies at the end of the day you want to put yourself in a position where you know you're not taking on too much more personal risk but you are achieving your objectives of uh, of creating wealth and of course um for many of my clients now you're going through that journey so congratulations to you Um, And of course, many of my clients are starting out on that journey. And again, uh, I think if you spoke to people who got involved in the real estate market over the last 40 years, they would tell you that they never thought prices could be the way they are today. But I also think 20 years from now, certainly in the right marketplaces, um, people will be saying the same thing. 20 years from now and certainly there are some more structural seismic shifts to push real estate values up into the future but for many people uh it is the end of the road for wealth building from real estate because the market is just so generous to uh consolidate so hey i hope you've enjoyed the show today talking about consolidation hope uh i've been able to spark your interest when it comes to real estate investment. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode with the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.